Hey, everybody. Welcome to Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and I'm so happy you're here with us. If you're just joining for the first time, I am a special needs mom, a special needs attorney, and a best-selling author. So please grab your coffee, and if you're like me, you might be listening in your car. I spent a lot of time in the car in my day. And please join us for some important discussions to help you thrive in this complex special needs world. Each week, we're going to chat with parents and experts, and sometimes parents who are experts, to offer compassionate advice for all stages of your life. These are the conversations you would have with your best friend if your best friend was an expert like me. Let's go. Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. I am so glad that you are back with me. This um, has been a wonderful month so far, month of May. And uh, even though Mother's Day is a little sad and honestly coming up to my daughter Elizabeth's birthday at the end of the month is always a bit of a personal struggle for me. I want to celebrate her. And at the same time, I still acutely, acutely feel my loss of nine birthdays that I have not had my daughter with me. So as selfish as that is, because I know she's okay. Thank goodness for my faith. I know she's okay, but I'm not okay. (laughs) And I don't love the idea of not having her here for the rest of my life, whether it's 20 or 30 or 40 years, whatever I have left, I don't know. Um, so difficult though. Um, I, however, will say that, that uh, I don't know if you listened to my podcast a few months ago, it was like maybe fall last year. And I was talking about the experience I had uh, when I went to a lecture, a coaching program, and we uh, we heard from a, a monk uh, who, in his order, um, they they practice um, they practice silence. They practice all of these really you know, foreign things to me, for sure, maybe to you as well. But his talk impacted me so much. He talked about this idea that you can have both sorrow and joy at all different levels, you know, great sorrow and great joy living in your heart at precisely the same time, and that your heart can handle it. Your heart has room, your soul has room to be happy and sad, joyful and sorrowful all at the same time. Man, that totally impacted me because it hit me that that is exactly how I feel. That is exactly how I live. I never, never lose that sorrowful edge that I have. I miss my daughter every day, every day, but it ebbs and flows. At the same time, so many wonderful personal things have happened to me in the last few weeks. I've had great joy, profound, 
life-changing, wonderful, joyful moments. And when Elizabeth first died, I didn't think I was ever going to have joy again. But it came back. <laughs> Thank goodness it came back. And I'm okay. I'm okay to hold sorrow and joy, happy and sad. So I have a joyful thing to talk to you about today. My guest, Dawn Barclay, has a, uh, a book coming out this summer. It comes out August 15th. Um, you can pre-order it now, and it's called Traveling Different. Dawn is an award-winning author of both fiction and nonfiction books. She is a prolific writer, really. Um, but this, this subject matter is so interesting. It's all about vacation strategies for parents of the anxious, the inflexible, and the neurodiverse with an emphasis on autism, but not just autism. And she talks about how taking your family on a holiday or on a vacation trip can be daunting under any circumstances. But when you're, you have a family member with special needs, you know that having a fun trip is just going to require extra planning, whether a little or a lot. And making sure that the trip is about them. I mean, obviously, when you go as a family, you want to make sure that every person has their needs met, but you don't want to force the person with a disability to do something that you think they should want to do. I love this whole conversation we had about choice and about having a voice in the process. And, you know, she talks about um, special places to go that you wouldn't maybe normally think of, policies regarding animals, um, you know, extra equipment that you might need. There's so many strategies in here. Uh, each chapter is just wonderful, but I particularly liked that she had a chapter on national parks. She um, talked about, you know, some things that you might not even consider, like um, the Azores. I mean, I don't know if I'd ever think about going to the Azores set of islands um, and embarking on, you know, a, a diverse experience there. Um, there's just a lot going on. She even has a great blog post that I thought was just fantastic about cruises and making sure that you're asking the right questions. So this um, particular blog post that I asked her about um, was, is it really an autism friendly tour or cruise? And she's got a set of 16 questions to ask the um, the tour or cruise planner and make sure that you are working with somebody who really gets your diverse needs. So exciting. I loved it. Uh, a couple of the questions on there really hit me like, you know, what medical facilities and medical professionals are going to be available, whether it's on board a ship or on a tour, um, you know, 
what kind of accommodations are there? Can you get adjoining rooms or larger rooms? That sort of thing. Um, do they provide social stories? Do they, you know, allow children who are neurodiverse to take part in the typical children's activities? Um, how do you handle excursions and things like that? Um, what childcare is available and what are the staff ratios and what are their special training um, for being able to work with your kids, our kids? So loved, loved my conversation with Don just in time for being able to, you know, plan some vacations. It's mid-May. You might have already been planning vacations, but a lot of people that I talk to and work with are not planning these two-week European tours. They're planning little trips. You know, in Massachusetts, we're going to Cape Cod or to the Berkshires. Um, in uh, another state, you might be going to a state park. Um, you may be going camping for a couple of days. Maybe camping's not going to work for your kiddo. Maybe you're doing something else. But I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not all about Disney. Disney's wonderful, but it's not all about Disney. It's not all about these big splash of bangs, you know? It's about the small experiences too, that day trip that you might want to take to a special place. So please check out Dawn. Her website is dawnbarclayinc.com slash traveling different. She has um, uh, updates on there about when the book is coming out. You can pre-order it now and check out the blog posts. And I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I did. I want to issue a challenge right now to you. I would love to hear any tips that you have found in traveling with your disabled person, whether it's a sibling, a parent, a cousin, a, you know, a, a child, shoot me a DM and let me know. You can contact me on any of my social sites, whether it's uh, Facebook or Instagram or um, you can get to me on Twitter. Um, just go ahead and connect and let me know what are your favorite travel tips? What has worked for you? I want to go ahead and I'm going to post them all in a, um, in a blog post on my website. And I'm happy to credit you. Would love to hear from you. Please let me know. Hope you enjoy this. Here we go. Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. Woohoo! Today I have Dawn Barkley with me, and I am so excited about this topic. So I say this a lot, and I know that I'm probably repeating myself to the point where you don't want to hear it from me anymore, but I am just the luckiest gal in the world. I get to talk to people, very interesting people, about topics that I'm curious about, and you all get to listen to me. So today we're going to talk about traveling different. Dawn has written a book that's coming out in August, August 15th, and it's available now for pre-order. And it looks fantastic. I didn't get to see the whole thing because I only got to look at little snippets of it. Um, 
but I'm super excited about it. It's certainly something I wish I had when my kids were younger. So Dawn, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. And may I add that it's something I wish I'd had when my kids were younger too. There you go. <laughs> See, this is, you know, the mother of invention, right? Um, yeah. So Dawn, you can't see her now, but you should go to her website. It's um, Dawn Barclay, Inc. with a K.com or travelingdifferent.com, either one. And she has the smiliest face. It's so warm and welcoming and inviting. <laughs> she is the person you want to have a cup of coffee, coffee with and to just ask her all the questions on your mind since she's done all the research. Um, but she's got this big smile on her face today. And so I really, I'm so curious because you are a prolific author. You've written fiction and nonfiction and won awards. And, you know, she's got these all these great books behind her. What made you get interested in this topic? You know, Annette, this was supposed to be my first book. It turned out to be my eighth, but it was supposed to be my first book because I'd been a travel trade reporter for a, a very long time. Mm -hmm. And when I needed a book like this in the early 2000s, there wasn't one available. And so I started interviewing for it. I spoke to Tony Atwood, who I'm sure you know is huge yes. in uh, autism spectrum disorder. I spoke right. to Ellen, Ellen Littman, who's huge in uh, ADHD, especially with girls. And then I kind of hit a wall because I didn't have parents to speak to. I, I just, I couldn't figure out how to write the book. And then it, it wasn't until IBCCES, which is the International Board of Credentialing and Continuing Education Standards, put out a designation called the Certified Autism Travel Professional that I knew exactly how I could write it because there were all these wonderful people I could interview about their experiences. Many of them are special needs parents themselves. And they introduced me to the parents that I ended up interviewing. And there was so much more on the internet to research in 2019 than there was in 2000 that it became a much easier book to write. In the meantime, I wrote a bunch of fiction. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> how fun for you. So yeah. I have to say, I wrote one book and I'm, I've been for the last two years, halfway through my second book and man, writing is hard. People think it's so easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Believe me, everybody does not do it. It yeah. is hard. And it's easier to, when you have a pandemic that keeps you locked up. So you have nothing else go. to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it is good when you have a juicy subject like this and you know, when you have a good method or a mode, which you did, you you had this combination of professionals and parents slash family members who you intermingled with these great tips plus the stories. I mean, for me, it's all about the stories. I want to know what did somebody do? You know, how did they get through this? How did they make this work? And then throw the tips at me because I need those too. Um, so I really liked the, the way that you brought all the whole thing together. Um, talk to me a little bit about traveling with children, which is always challenging. And then we can get to traveling with adults. Um, as you started down this path, I guess I'm curious first about what is this designation all about and what does it mean? I've never heard of it before. So what, what is this? Uh, it is an intensive program that travel agents can take. 
and it is broken down into 10 areas. And it is, uh, they learn what autism is all about. They learn about the autism market. They learn about how to sell to the market. But more importantly, they learn about sensory awareness from both the mm -hmm. perspective of the individual and the parent. And they, it's broken down into hotels, air, cruises, and road trips. I, I went kind of a step further in the book by including restaurants and camping and some mm -hmm. things that travel agents don't use. They usually don't think of for booking, but they do handle those things. And I talked about special interest travel, because as we all know, people on the spectrum have very circumscribed interests mm -hmm. that they just adore. And I broke the world up into those interests so they could go to museums and events that cater to those interests. So you could build a, a trip around them. Yeah, so. like that person who I've known in my um, in my professional life who just loved train trips yep. and would go on several a year. Yeah, I have a wonderful profile of a little boy in England who loves trains and he's got the greatest mom who takes him all over England to see different train stations. He's memorized all the routes and he's um, he wants to work one day with with the train system in England. And it's just a really lovely story. We had another family who wanted to see a game in every major league ballpark. So yeah. their travel's been all about getting to each park to see a baseball game. Yeah. So that that was interesting to hear about as well. So that's what you mean by special interest travel, right? It's it is that I broke it up. I mean, when you have kids who love rocks, maybe you take them to a quarry and there are quarry tours when you there are elevator museums. There's like a kid who went to the mustard museum in Wisconsin. Holy moly. I mean, so anything you're interested in, there's probably a museum and I list tons and then I list where you find more. There's also a, a listing in the back of the book of yes. all the um, certified autism travel professionals that I interviewed and how to get a hold of them and then also where to get a hold of others. But luckily, because of today's technology, you could work with anybody no matter where they're located. They don't have to mm -hmm. be in your own backyard. So do you think that this designation would carry over to other disabilities? There are other designations for other disabilities. Okay. There's like accessibility designations, mm -hmm. and there are certainly um, travel specific designations, whether it's cruising or whatever. But um, oh. yeah, I don't know that this necessarily would. This is really much more for in, invisible disabilities. Okay. So as you're presenting these travel strategies and stories, you're starting to develop a list of tips and tools and supports. Can you start taking me through a little bit about what that looks like for, and, and I'd love to separate out, you know, the, the younger children from the older emerging adults. Yeah, I definitely have a section toward the back for older children, 18 and above. Uh, because what's available for the younger children may not be available for the older kids, but the older kids, there are travel camps available for them if they want to have some independence. So that was interesting. Uh, I have, it sort of everything revolves around three main ideas. The first one is how to start small and introduce the concept of travel. And you have to do that way before the trip. So how do you do that? How do you make something predictable and create a frame of reference since kids on the spectrum crave predictability and routine. Right. Uh, 
So one way is save for a hotel before you spend thousands to go to a hotel in another city for a week or two weeks. Maybe you take the child to a relative's house for the night. So they get the experience of sleeping in a bed that's not their own, and you can instantly see what's going to trigger them. So you'll know if you want to bring their sheets and blankets from home, which have the smell of home, mm-hmm. if they're going to want to bring the toiletries that they use at home, uh, if you're going to need a favorite lamp or maybe a fan to drown out the noise from the hall, you'll get a sense of what it's going to be. And if it's successful, there's a frame of reference that you can refer back to. Like, remember when we stayed at so-and-so house? Well, this is going to be like that, but for a week. Uh, oh, wow. so, yeah. so that's for hotels. For airlines, there are programs like Wings for Autism, which closed down during COVID, but hopefully you're coming back, which let you experience the airport and the whole chaos of dealing with that uh, from arrival to up until boarding. So you can at least role play it and understand it. There are people with TSA cares who can help you go through TSA and you'll have like a helper that can sense if the child's getting triggered and take you to a quieter area or at least be there as you're like holding your hand. Right. Yes. And there's a description of that. There are, um, there are programs that are offered by airlines themselves to walk you through the airport. If, um, if wings for autism is not in your local area. But you also, and before you take a very long trip, maybe you want to take a short hop just to experience what it's like. Uh, mm. Same thing with camping. Before you go on a long camping trip, maybe set up a tent in your backyard. And so right. one of the other things that's really great, along with social stories, which I know your listeners are probably familiar with, and visual schedules, and that all can work, role play can work here. Videos are your friends and thank God for the proliferation of videos that are available because you can preview every aspect of this vacation before you go. There was one, there was one father who said, you know, before we go on a ride on any of the theme parks, we see what it's like so we can rule it out. Yeah. And so that's really helpful. Um, YouTube is definitely your friends in these situations for sure. Yeah. And also picture books. There are, there are books with Peppa Pig and Maisie and other favorite characters taking trips and, and working through different issues during a trip. And that might be something that the child would like to read or hear. So okay. because they can be like their favorite character. I see. Okay. So that's the first tip. Start small. Yeah. And, and then work up to the big over trip. Preparing, over preparing. Okay. Right. Breaking that trip down to the nth degree and creating backup plans from leaving the house to coming back to the house and and realize where the triggers are going to be, where things may be crowded or where there may be noise or bad smells or, uh, you know, bright lights. Always have your noise canceling headphones, always have dark glasses if you need them. Uh, Always have your go to bag, which has everything the child might need from food to fidget toys and sensory toys to their favorite shows that are packed onto your electronic, whatever you're going to watch them on, keep them distracted. One great tip I heard for planes is make sure the child has something with buttons to press so they don't press the call attendant button. Ah, I like it. I thought that was great. Another parent says, you know, before I go to a hotel, I bring a um, blow up pool because if there's not a bathtub and my kids are used to bathing in a bathtub, I can fill it with water and they can have a bath, even though there's only a shower in the room. Wow. Or 
Yeah. Or they'll make sure that the room has a balcony so that when the kids are going to sleep, they have a place where they can talk and, and not disturb the child. If they can't afford a larger hotel room, they might put the linens in a closet, have the child sleep in a closet with the door open, but it's a quiet place to decompress so they, because it's probably not as much room in the hotel room as you're used to at home. So you think all these things out and pacing is so vitally important because you can't travel as a family like you did before you had kids Mm -hmm. and you can't cram five things into every day when maybe one or two is all the child's going to be able to, to tolerate. You should definitely leave time to decompress. Lots of parents said, yeah, all my pictures of my trips were of my nine-year-old on my back as I was carrying him through the theme park. Yeah. So you've got to learn to pace. So those are just a couple of the things about preparing in advance. Yeah, I definitely have strong memories of bringing my girls to um, Universal Studios theme parks and Disney and different hotels. And my situation's a little different. My daughter was a wheelchair user and blind. So you know, I think the first time I ever really got surprised by something was I didn't realize she'd gotten too big for me to lift up onto a changing table in the bathroom. Wow. And there was no place on the road to attend to her bathroom needs because she wasn't able to toilet. So it's, um, something that kind of took me by surprise. It would have been so nice to have a little warning about, you know, geez, you should really think through how you're going to do this. So the next time we traveled, I made sure that we had a hotel that was right there so we could go, you know, in short bursts to the theme park for a few hours back to the hotel, take a rest, refresh, change, do everything we needed to do. And then if we had the energy go back out to the theme park. And I think as parents, we just um, we get so excited to offer these experiences to our kids that we forget to think about what, what do they want? What are they getting out of this? And I know that's a, a favorite theme of yours. Can you speak yeah. to that? Well, a lot of that was building the trip around the child. And that's why I had the special interest, because I think that's what makes the more mundane parts of the trip tolerable. I think you have to get your children's buy-in. So before you go, maybe offer choices of three destinations, all of which have been okayed by you, of course. So there are no wrong answers, but then the child has a buy-in and you can show the videos ahead of time and see what they want to do. Maybe they get to pick an activity once or twice during the trip, that that's going to be that activity. Um, One parent tells their child, you've got this much money to spend a day. So you can decide how you're going to want to spend that in, you know, in the gift shop or, you know, that sort of buy-in and that sort of like giving, empowering the child to make some decisions, letting them pick what they're going to bring to wear or their, which, which toys they're going to bring. It's another way to get buy-in. So they have a vested interest in the success of the trip. And also, I know a lot of parents, when they hear this, say, you know, this is my trip too. When do I get to do what I want to do? Mm-hmm. So maybe you bring a family member and a, 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 you know, a relative with you, or you hire a sitter locally or one that travels with you. And when you want to go out, there's somebody to be with the child. 
That's not a solution for everybody because that can get to be expensive. I know one of our trips, my daughter was really sick. I had a nurse and a babysitter for my other daughter with us because juggling the two of them was pretty much impossible. Yeah, I I understand. There are kids clubs at certain resorts too, where they've been trained to take care of children on the spectrum. And that Mm. gives you some time on your own with your significant other. Uh, If you get a sitter just for the night so you can have a romantic dinner. I mean, there are ways to, you know, you're not sacrificing the whole trip. What you're doing is making the child happy and most parents I know if the child is happy and having a wonderful time, they're having a good time too. It's just reframing oh, what's important. You yes. may take a trip on your own sometime and, and leave the child with relatives if you can. That's your trip. This is their trip. Right. So you mentioned the, you know, there's some kids clubs at different resorts and different vacation spots out there that have been trained and are prepared to deal with children with autism. Mm-hmm. You have a great blog post that I was fascinated by that lists out a number of questions. I think there was maybe 15 of them um, to ask yourself or ask the, you know, destination um, really to get to how prepared are they and what can you do to be the most prepared and have the most information. So, for example, in this amazing list of things to consider or questions to ask about it being autism friendly, you asked a question about, you know, what are the medical facilities or medical personnel that are there, which can be important. Another one was, do you stock special foods that my child may need? And, um, you know, are you prepared with social stories? So that would be important to ask if, uh, if somebody was going to go to a kid's club, for example, and, and so much more. Um, one of the best questions I, I thought was, is this your first autism-friendly trip that you are promoting? Um, so for a, a tour or a cruise or something like that, I, I would have never thought to ask that. Um, so walk us through that article a little bit. What was the genesis of, you know, wanting to pull this article together and then, um, how can we use that to get prepared? Uh, I just want to say that those questions were primarily from two fantastic certified autism travel professionals. They were the ones Great. who gave me those questions. I don't want to say that I was the one who sat and thought them all up. So uh, Jennifer Hardy and Lisa Bertuccio, both excellent um, CATPs, and I thank them for the help in that article. I had been... Um, I had been advised that somebody was running a cruise. I'm not going to mention the cruise line, Um, but it was a cruise to an exotic place and it was on a yacht type cruise. And Mm. I was a little skeptical of whether they really knew what they were doing because I had spent so much time reading about what the big cruise lines are doing and how extensively cruise lines like Royal Caribbean and Norwegian and Disney are, are, helping people on the spectrum. And I just felt that this was not including all of what they're including. There are companies like Autism on the Seas who really know what they're doing and organize group cruises for people on the spectrum. And this just seemed like, I was just a little scared that they were trying to say, oh, this is a market. Let's, Let's see if we can get in this market. And they had somebody speaking that seemed to be directing most of the 
uh, activities to the parents so that the parents could network with each other. And it really mm. wasn't about the children. And so I was really concerned and I reached out to Lisa and Jennifer and they kind of agreed with me and came up with those questions because that's what they'd want to know from that cruise line before yeah. they would book anybody on it. So I thought that was really helpful. My advice to making sure that you don't have the, you know, to prepare for this sort of thing is to go to a place that's been certified. So if you go to a certified autism center or you go to a cruise line that has gone through all this extensive training, Mm -hmm. you're going to be more assured that the issues are not going to come up. And I would couple that, I mean, little commercial with the book, because the book also includes things like you're going on a cruise, make sure that you have, um, alarms for the doors so your child doesn't go out on the balcony or leave the room without you knowing or how to handle a a lifeboat trill because you know the life jackets are very sort of oppressive for a little kid and it's a chaotic hour of your time that maybe you can get around not going on and so there are companies that help with that so why not go to a professional who knows how to book this for you and a company that's been certified to be trained to help you. That is such great advice. That's awesome. Yeah. So in addition to that, what, um, what other tips from your book do you think would be, you know, a great place to start for families who are starting to think about a vacation? Start small. Again, maybe a trip to a local zoo or an aquarium or a local museum is a good way to test the waters. Even a trip to a garage sale can be framed like an adventure and a scavenger hunt. Yeah. Go to a local restaurant that has foods that are different than yours. And, you know, that's an inexpensive way to experience a culture that's not yours. I had one mother who said she used to have, say, Italy month. And every day they would do something with that country, whether it was talking about the currency or they introduce a couple of words or they'd write, they'd watch a video or they'd have the food so that the child could start understanding that there was a world outside of their own. See, this is what I love about you and the book and, and all of your um, blogging and everything. It makes you feel like this is possible because as a parent, I know I got to a point where I just stopped traveling with my daughter because it was so discouraging. And I know many families, I've spoken with many families who feel the same. They just don't go. They don't go anywhere or they will leave that child at home and go with other children and kind of trade off. I know one family who's never been away together. You know, they have to do one thing with this kid and and something else with that kid. And the parents are never on a trip at the same time. And so you're very encouraging. Your start small is great. It it shows people that something is possible, you know. And after that, your idea of just being super prepared is that's the next step. And that's amazing. And then what comes after those two things? Um, the third thing. The child-centric vacation was the third, but also safety is so important. And so I have parents talking about all different ways that they encourage safety, whether they sew a GPS into the child's clothing or they take a picture of the child every morning in their clothes of the day in case they run off. Okay. Um, that when how to vet a campground. 
So it's going to be a successful trip and make sure that you're not near any water if the child can't swim because children are attracted to the water. Mm -hmm. Um, All sorts of safety tips like that. And just thinking ahead to figure out what's going to cause a meltdown so you can avoid it before it happens. Do you think that these steps will help parents feel more confident in tackling the challenge of travel? I think that what you said is true, that many parents don't travel. Uh, There was a survey done by IBCCES that um, a thousand parents of special needs kids out of that 87% said they don't travel, which is heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Of those 93% said they would if they knew what to do and where to go. And I've hoped that through the book, I'm I'm giving them some advice, not only of the places that are autism friendly or autism certified, but how to make any trip, you know, work for you, even if you don't have those facilities. That's great. This interview is just in time for the summer travel season. And this is, I think, the first year in two plus years that we are really getting out there again. I don't want to say back to normal because we're kind of in a different normal, but it's, you know, definitely a lot more people on the road. Yeah. What, what do you think that the pandemic has done to impact traveling differently? From what I understand, um, airports have never been more crowded. And the problem is that a lot of the hospitality industry has not is not back up to where they were in terms of staffing. So okay. some of the programs that were offered before may not be offered now. Uh, I held up the um, editing, well, the printing of this book because uh, the new certified autism center list came out for 2022. And a lot of the people that were on 2021 were not, did not re-up. And I think that the reason was because some lost staff that had been trained. Others maybe could not afford it because they had been empty for two years. So what I did was I, I begged my, my editor, wait, wait. And I had to find a way to update it without screwing up the, the index and screwing yeah. up the table of contents and all the, pay, the pagination. And so some of the uh, locations just have 2021 CAC as a label. So it shows that they did have the training. They just didn't re-up for this year. Um, but that's what's happened oh. that some of the places did not. And, and when I spoke to a lot of those places said, yeah, we're still really interested in helping. And we had the training. We just didn't pay for the designation again this year. Okay. So that's happened. Uh, a lot of people were talking about how to handle masks, but that's not as much of an issue now. I don't know if that's going to become an issue again, since so many people are getting sick, even if they've been quad vaxxed. Uh, right. So I don't know about that, but I think that mm-hmm. things are different, the more road trips. And I do have a lot of information about road and bus trips uh, for people who did not want to fly because they didn't want to have to sit for all that time with a mask on. Yeah. Uh, nice thing about road trips also is you've got plenty of room in the back to be able to bring whatever you want with you. Right. So that's. Yeah, different. I think road trips are great. That's yeah. what we always did. Um, yeah after the first few years when she got to be too big and we couldn't take the wheelchair and after the first wheelchair damage incident on the airlines, you know, we just said, forget that. It's really sad to think that a lot of programs are shutting down or people they've lost people with training. I hope that that does come back. I'm sure it will. The demand is there for sure. 
And yeah, maybe I being highlighted in your book and in other publications will help that. I hope so. I think what's also interesting is multi-generational travel is big right now. Mm-hmm. And the use of vacation rentals is very big because then you have multiple bedrooms. So you can travel with other family members, but because of the pent up demand to see your relatives, you've got a lot of grandparents traveling with their kids and their grandkids. Now you even have grandparents going away with the grandkids, um, the parents out of it. (laughs) That's cool. That's really great. So that's that's definitely something that we've seen, you know, a lot more house rentals, you know, almost like a staycation, but not quite you know, just a staycation in somebody else's house where people all come together. And um, that's really brought up the cost. So the cost of travel has gone crazy. And that's definitely impacting things as well. Yeah. So as usual, I'm running out of time (laughs) because I can talk forever. (laughs) Do you have any final tips that you want to leave families with? Just to, you know, have realistic expectations that every trip doesn't have to be the greatest trip of your life. It's really about spending time with your child. So don't, don't expect it. Somebody was speaking to me today about, you know, the happiest place on earth and how many people have, you know, just meltdowns at the happiest place on earth. And I don't think you should ever say any place is the happiest place on earth. The uh, happiest these, place on earth is where your kid wants to be. Yeah. I mean, don't have these huge expectations that everything's going to be perfect. I guarantee you that some of the tips in my book are not going to work for you, but other ones are. And it's all about trial and error and, you know, give it a try, but don't, don't make yourself stay at home. Don't, you know, commit yourself to a life without travel. The only other thing other than how important it is to do your due diligence on any place I recommend, because as I said, designations change, addresses change, phone numbers change, just check to make sure whatever they're offering is right for your child and is still being offered. But if people have had a different experience that when I've written about, um, or they have found other resources that I've left out, or Mm -hmm. I've opened up the world for them in some way, please write to me and let me know. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. My email address is in the book. I want to hear from you because your anecdote might end up in not only the blog, but the next edition of the book. Oh, uh, it's great. all about crowdsourcing. If I didn't have the wonderful advice of all the people who have taken these trips, there would be no book. So I'm still looking for all of that. That's that's fantastic. I hope that you'll take her up on that offer, audience. I will have all of her contact information in our show notes so that you can connect with Don in whatever way you feel comfortable I am such a firm believer in telling our stories because the stories not only help other people to see our perspective and get a little glimpse into what our life is all about, but it helps us to talk about things that are, you know, that, that are not just problems and issues, but also sensitive sore spots, things that are eating away at us. It's just good to get it all out in the open and to, you know, just kind of start with a clean slate. Okay. I got all those worries out. I I spoke them out loud. They're (laughs) gone out to the universe. Now I can start fresh and figure out how to solve this problem or how to attack this issue. And so please tell your stories. You can tell me, you can tell Dawn, we're going to connect you with her. And I hope that you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. This was so much fun. 
looking forward to my next travel experience. So thank you so much for being on the show, Don. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it as well. Okay, don't forget Don's book is coming out August 15th, but you can pre-order it now in all except for one format, which I already forgot what you e-book. called e-book. You can the you e-book. can pre-order the um, hardcover, you can pre-order the audiobook, you can't pre-order ebook because they just don't do it. But the only other thing I'll leave your audience with is uh, you might be able to afford the book, but others can't. So please go to your library and request that they stock it because that oh, way someone who can't afford it can get they can get the information as well. What a great idea. Thank you so much, Don. Thank a great you. Night. You too. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to take a second to say how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to these podcasts. I'm having a blast doing them, and I hope that you're finding the content to be what you were really hoping. If you are, please take a second to leave a rating and a review. It's so helpful in getting this content out to people who really need to hear it. Thank you so much.